What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Kiss My Angelus. I'm Sarah B., the Sleepy Bandit, and today is all about college students. If you're in college, if you're a graduate student, or you're thinking about going back for that degree, this episode is for you. I'm sitting down with UCLA career counselor, Garnet Demergian, who happens to be a great friend of mine, along with my 20-year-old cousin, college junior, Hannah Mansoor, and we're going to talk about the college experience and how to be best prepared when it's over. Let's get right to it. This episode is called Straight Out of College. So, Hannah, you're almost out of college. How long do you have left before you graduate, and where are you going to school? Currently, I go to Cal State Northridge, and I have CSUN. CSUN. And then I have a year. Does CSUN have a mascot? It's like a matador. It's a matador. Definitely is it? a matador. Everybody mm-hmm. just picks matadors. <laughs> How many goes? Okay. Um, and what, yeah, when are you done? Sorry. Spring 2017. I might stay an extra semester, though. Okay. And what are you studying? Kinesiology. What is that? Study of human movement. What is that in terms of what are you going to do after college? <laughs> what is the job called? Well, I'm going for occupational therapy. Cool. Rehabilitation for your upper extremities and activities of daily living. We help people get back to being able to live their normal lives. Cool. Do you have to go to medical school for that? No, it's a master's program. Cool. Hey, hey. What's the pay like afterwards? Average, I believe, is 80000 Legit. Yeah. And Garnet is here, who has many titles to me, but uh, is a career counselor at UCLA. Garnet, tell me about what you do all day. So I'm a career counselor, and at UCLA, we serve everybody on campus. So undergrad to PhD, wow. any major, any discipline. That's now changing, but that's how it's been. We're trying to specialize a little bit more. But... um so my job is to help them with everything from I have no idea what I want to do to, you know, figuring out what are their interests, what are their likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. how does that correlate to, um, you know, careers. I think for a lot of students, they think that it's dictated by their major, but really that's only one portion of right. it. So, um, and then I help with internship search, job search, um, recruiting events. Hannah, have you ever been to the Career Center at CSUN? No. <laughs> Did you know CSUN had a Career Center? Like, do you know? I'm assuming they do. Uh, you just I know. know that I have an advisor, but I never really felt the need to go in and talk to my advisor until now for graduation. Okay. And then just to, like, bounce that back, because, Garnet, I think you and I, like, we were talking about how crucial that it is. Chevy and I were volunteering at an event at UCLA through the Career Center a couple weeks ago. You know, what do you think of the fact that, I mean, myself included when I was in college, the traffic into the Career Center, do you feel like it should be heavier? Definitely. Um, That's one of something I'm really passionate about because 
to me, it's unfortunate that it's not given the weight that I think everybody intends to give it. So what I mean by that is the educational system, the school system as we have it now, is set up for academic success. Yeah. So if you go to UC, you're going to a research institution. Everybody that teaches there is teaching there as a second job, not a first job. They're mm -hmm. there to conduct research, right? to get grant money, get funding for the school. Um, so their job is to publish. They're PhDs. Right. And their job is to publish original work. And that's what they're working on primarily. They're teaching. Of course, they want to, but most of the time it's a byproduct of being a faculty at a university. Wow, okay. So most students, A, don't know that. Mm -hmm. Coming out of college, they just yeah, want to that. go to, yeah, <laughs> they just want to go to a top school, which I completely understand because, yeah. of course, there are benefits to that. Um, but, for example, the benefit of a Cal State is it's structured much differently. People who are there are teachers. They are not researchers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So although they might have second careers other than teaching, which most of them do, they're working professionals, um, they're not there to conduct research. So they're giving much more of a different kind of a focus. They do mm -hmm. get some theory, but it's more applicability. That's why they have certain majors like kinesiology, um, because it has that applicability. So for me, it stems from the educational system. I would like it to be one day to a point where everybody has to take course every mm -hmm. year yeah. freshman sophomore junior senior in order to show them the value because nine out of ten times I get a senior who has a lot of questions mm -hmm. a lot of things that they need to figure out in a very short amount of time and career development is not one of those things that can just be done overnight yeah it's a process yeah. just like everything else that's why I always use education as an example so there's a reason why you don't go from sixth grade to college you go to seventh eighth grade and high school yeah. Why is that? Which is debatable, but that's kind of the analogy I use. You can't go from, okay, just doing school for three years, not doing anything outside of school, and expect to be having clarity in your career. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Right. Are there, like, frustrations you kind of hear with incoming students that you kind of feel like you hear also with students graduating? Like, is there a, kind of a common problem throughout or does it really depend on what stage in the process you are? And So, again, I'm speaking from the UCLA perspective because the UCLA student is a different kind of student than, mm -hmm. say, a, a community college student, which I could also speak on. Yeah. So their needs are similar but different. So, mm -hmm. for example, at a community college, their goal, most students, I'm talking you know, right. high school students, are wanting to go to a community college and transfer to a university. So they have different kind of incoming goals. Mm-hmm. For UCLA students, they're coming from high-achieving backgrounds, usually, most of the time. And um, so their needs are, you know, we'll get a lot of questions about what percentage of students go to medical school, where are mm -hmm. they going, um, how many, what percentages of students get jobs after they graduate, you know. There's kind of like these expectations of where they'll be by the time they graduate. And yeah. for some, they are. They they do the work, and by, by work, I mean they take the initiative to do things outside of the classroom. Yeah. Um, but that's difficult because school is difficult. But I think that it's all about a balance, and I think a lot of students don't have that. So when they come in, they're mostly asking about that. What major should I be? Right. What major, you know, has um, 
the most ability to get a good job in. So there's a lot of econ, a lot of business econ, accounting, Mm -hmm. um, because those careers have a lot of applicability. What I mean by that is when you're taking courses, you're learning things that you're going to need to know for that career. Right. But Mm -hmm. other majors like humanities majors, liberal arts majors don't have as much direct applicability. Yeah. So for example, your sociologies, your Englishes, um, and those are some of the concerns. Right, like what have. do I yeah. do with so this? Yeah, so I like art history. Yeah. But what, so that's, I think, the really key important part is showing them and, and making it a priority for them to gain experience outside of the classroom. That's the only way you're going to know if you like or dislike something. And, and I yeah, think, that's the you know, an important part. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the part that I think needs attention in terms of mm-hmm. students seeing the value of that. Yeah, because I know there is this, especially with how much school costs. Mm-hmm. Applicability is, like, crucial because you have to pay that money back. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, like, it's a big debate and a big topic of conversation even politically. So I think, do you feel like a lot of students, well, I guess it's kind of what you were saying, but, like, weigh that more heavily than what they're actually interested in, you know, artistic pursuits or creative pursuits that not, you know, they're gray and kind of unsure. Yeah, the value is, a lot of it is put on academics because, again, the the UC student, a lot of them want to keep going to school because for, for a lot of professional careers, they think they it requires a higher degree. And so, and a lot of times it does, but also a lot of times it doesn't. You think a lot of For people, some students, yeah. they just want to go to school because they're afraid of not getting a job after they graduate because they need more time to figure it out. Yeah, um, A lot of students think that they have to know what they want by the time they graduate. And I think that's a lot of unfair pressure because yeah. you don't know yet and that's okay. But what are you going to do about it? Right. And I think that's the piece that I'm always encouraging students to do is to be proactive because it's not just going to come to you overnight, you know? Um, So that's why it's really important to go out there and try it because that's the only way you're going to know if you want to do it or not. What do you think? So if, if there was a student that like wanted to go and get that higher degree Mm -hmm. is a question that you would have for them. Like, have you gone and done some real work life experience beforehand? In, like, the field or close to the field where you before kind of committing to the degree, yeah. the next level, I guess? I'll ask a student, well, why do they want to be that? Because I think a lot of students have a hard time answering that question. Mm-hmm. But the ones who know have done the work and have, you know. But <clears throat> I'll ask them why they want to go, and then I'll also ask them if they've done any research about what you can do with that degree um, and what are the schools looking for? What do you get out of that program? Because not all programs are the same. I think some students view grad school similar to undergrad is that every program is the same. Yeah. But it's not. It's very different in terms of the coursework, the resources you have access to, the different programs, the different faculty. All of that comes into effect at the grad level. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's also financial considerations, things like that. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of breaking Biggie. that down for them. <laughs> yeah. um, 
because some students will come see me first mm -hmm. before doing research and other students come in and they've done a ton of research. Yeah. And I'm just there to kind of fill in any blanks. Right, right. So it just depends. And I feel like you've done a lot of research on mm -hmm. going into kinesiology and stuff like that. What mm -hmm. Do you feel like if the job app applicability, for, you know, or whatever was different, would you still be going into it? Like if, if it, not like that the job was different, but the job security, the kind of like linear route. Like if you do this, it's kind of like a, you know, the job market is kind of healthy. Yeah. Like is that, I'm assuming it's a consideration for you, but how heavily do you kind of weigh that? I more focused on finding something that I like because I believe if you're good at it and one of the top like you're gonna get it like it's gonna work out for you yeah like if you're great and like it just matters like how much effort are you putting into it like if you, if you really are going above and beyond like people do have jobs in those fields that aren't very impact like there aren't opportunities in it you just have to be one of those people who are great at it and yeah. I get the job. That's true. Hannah spends all day studying. And <laughs> I tease her about it sometimes, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's important to, to take initiative sometimes. But again, I go back to like not one person is like the other. And, and that's where I really feel like I do a lot of work with students mm -hmm. is to have them see that there's a lot of pressure. Um to be successful and to do it all. But I'm very much trying to tell students that it's okay that you're not there yet or you don't have the same experiences as your peers. Yeah. Every other student I get has similar questions for me and they all say, does anybody else ask you these questions? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, they all do. <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's this like competitive kind of, everyone wants to say, show a strong face. Right, and, you know, yeah. But then they break down because that's okay that they're not. But I, I think that something can be done about it. It's just making it a priority, I think. Well, what do you think is like a, the best resource for college students in that kind of pressure cooker as, you know, as far as what they can do for themselves? Because it's such a formative time to really prepare for something that's a lot of us find ourselves unprepared for when we get there. I think what I've noticed in terms of like traits I see in students who are kind of doing the work, I call it, is really proactively making decisions based on a goal that they set for themselves in that moment. So if your goal is to, so for some students by sophomore year, freshman year, they're already asking about me about internships, mm -hmm. whereas some students, there's a junior and senior and they haven't even thought about it. So it depends on the student, but I think everybody should take responsibility for the things that they are or are not involved in. Yeah. A lot of students um, have a lot going on, which I, I don't say that that's not something to take into consideration. But I think do as much as you can with the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you know, this, this quarter you need to focus on your grades, so be it. But next quarter, try to add one or two things that you can do in addition to that. And yeah. whatever that may be for you. For some, for some students, it's research. For some students, it's getting a part-time job because they need money. Yeah. And so that's another thing I'll always tell students. They'll say, oh, this job at the dining hall has nothing to do yes, with yes. 
being a physical therapist. And yeah. I'll say, yeah, it does, actually. Yeah. And maybe you're not at the point yet where you are doing physical therapy internships, but that'll be your next goal. So I want you to elaborate on that because I think that's a really important point because it, it, it's part of that pressure where, like, get a job, but get a job in the field that you want to study and, A, know what you want to do this whole— It's like, I think it's those— intangibles that you learn at regular jobs, dealing with people day to day that, so yeah, can you speak on that on like, why is it important? Well, because then that's some, something is trying to tell you something. Now for some students, it's just them not liking it or not making the effort to it. You have to make, try to make the best of every situation. Yeah. Um, Things are temporary. A lot of students think, because, of course, they know that that will be an advantage. If they get a job that's in line with what they ultimately want to do, that's going to help them. But I think students have a trouble identifying or seeing value in the fact that you're still gaining a skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We call it a transferable skill. So just because you do it in the dining hall doesn't mean you won't take those experiences with you to the next position. Yeah. So they see very... In kind of tunnel vision, mm-hmm. whereas I'm always always trying to get them to expand that, yeah, yeah, because they don't have that perspective yet, right? And that's how opportunities happen. Yeah, and a lot of students, you know, you were saying like, why is this, there's this expectation to do <clears throat> that same thing, that same job or field? Well, a lot of it is from family, yeah. from parents, you know, saying, oh, you know, you sh- you should be a doctor, you should be a doctor, and I don't. And I think for some students that's good, but for some it's not because when they constantly are getting that message, then there's this expectation. I have half of UCLA wants to be a doctor, so I very much deal with this pressure from family. And I always ask them, "Well, why do you want it? Have you spent time? Have you done kind of some of the some of the soul searching, being in that environment to know if you like it or not?" And I think for some students, it's they don't take that pause. They're always on go mode. Go, go, go. Yeah. Like survival mode. Yeah, that they don't stop. Yeah. And, no, and it kind of sometimes feels like nobody's ever asked them why they want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do it, sometimes I get this like, I don't know, my parents are, I don't know, I want to help people. And then I'll say, okay, you can help people in a thousand different ways. Why that one? Yeah. And really kind of unpacking it in a way that I don't think they get very often because their parents love them and they want them to succeed, but they mean well. But yeah. You have to imagine, like, you're in college, you have your hormones, you have your social pressures, you have your, you know, everything is riding on you doing well in this. So there's a lot of pressure. But um, so something else that I wish students knew is self-care. You know, college students are notoriously bad at that because they're young and they just want to be free and they're away from home. But I think it's really important to recognize when things are not okay. When yeah. you're when you're stressed to the point where you're noticing that you're not able to function at your best and it's okay to be stressed out but do something to have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's something else that I would suggest. Do to your s- sessions with students turn into therapy sessions? Do you kind of border? I feel like cuz you're always you're such an extra mile person that I feel like if I was a student, when I was a student, and if I had that kind of opportunity and I connected with my career counselor, I would just come in the next appointment like, oh, okay, this is what's happening in the rest of my life and 
help me. I, I mean, I'm looking at Garnet because I'm like, I did that. I do that to you all the time. Yes, you. I always say you're my first client. Yes, a forever client. Yes. So yeah, it kind of does, of course, because I don't think students come in there. So I think expecting like, okay, she's just gonna tell me what to do, and I'm gonna go do that. Yeah. But really, it's it's uh, the Soc the Socrates method, Socratarian. Um, is to ask the person in front of you questions. Yeah. Because that's what we said in my my training, I guess you can call it, at grad school is clarity. That mm-hmm. is the ultimate goal is you want them to get to a place of clarity on their own. Mm-hmm. So I do some of that, but a lot of it is like, okay, fix my resume. That's less deep. Yeah. You yeah. know, versus someone who's telling me they don't know why they want to go to med school or they do want to go to med school. Um, when they say fix my resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give us some resume tips. So that's the first thing that gets a student in the door is like, yeah. this resume thing, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> oh, like, man, it me. is like an intense kind of, Oh, yeah. yeah, it is, but... Piece of fucking paper. <laughs> but I'm always amazed. So, again, I see every kind of student, which is the students who've done research and tried to put it together, and other students who have no idea where to start. So that I help everybody. Class. Resume 101. Exactly. It exactly. Really and and that's that's where I'm I'm saying is how can we expect these kids to value it when we don't even value it? Yeah. Plus Microsoft Word comes with like templates. Which you're not supposed to use. <laughs> I know. But see? you can use it to create your first one. But when you come see me, I'll, I'll tell you in the first five seconds, are you using a template? Oh, man. And you'll say yes. And I'll say, okay, well, now that you've put it together, <laughs> I would copy paste this in a blank document. Is, does it it's just a bad look? It, you don't have control over where things go on your resume, and you really do want control. Okay. Because ideally, you want to maximize the page and put things based on your needs. So a template is good to kind of put it together initially, but I think after that, you want to. And see, I'm, I'm in it. So for me, I see it very differently. Yeah. Like I'm always trying to tell students, like, this piece of paper is marketing. Yeah. This isn't just like... Oh, write down everything you've ever right. done and hand it over. So when I explain it to them that way, like this piece of paper is like your billboard on Sunset Boulevard. Totally. Which is saying either hire me or don't hire me or give me an interview or don't give me an interview. What, okay. what is one really common thing we believe about resumes that isn't true? Because I feel like that's a great way to start. Like even the yeah. kind of smallest things, like things evolve. Um, I think most people think that it's just a laundry list of things you've done at that position. So they'll say, um, helped customers, served tables, and, you know, another example. Right, like clean up But they don't see it as, like, you can talk about whatever you did in a way that has more applicability. So talking about what you did, but how you did it. And what do you want me to know about that? Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, served food, you'll say, and I'll always ask the student, and this is part of the work that yeah. sometimes they're like, just tell me what to do, lady. And I'm like, no. Uh, Hannah. That's <laughs> Hannah right say, there. Fix my resume and made it look bomb. My first one, I thought it was good. And I was like, oh, you should have let her do like, it. Trash. I don't have time for her nagging in my ear all the time. And now she lives here. And so it's like. So you have to fix it. She, actually, it looks really good. I was reading it. And I was like, wow. Wow. Oh, compared God. to my first one. It. 
compared to my first resume that I actually thought was good. Mm-hmm. Oh she just sends God, me her assignments, so dude. Bad. She literally was like, oh, I live with you now, so I can send I'm you my surprised. papers. That's what they do to, do to us sometimes. So go to your career centers yes, at whatever please. school. They want to see you. Look, it's like, come visit me, please. <laughs> Look, but I, I think a lot of times, like, students will go and have a bad experience and they'll never go again. And that's pretty common in counseling because sometimes you just get somebody who's been in that position for a long time and maybe has kind of forgotten what it's like to be a student. But I think sometimes it can get frustrating when you see a lot of the students who just, they want you to do it for them. Yeah. Um, because they get that a lot elsewhere. But And that um, is not going to go over well after yeah, and school. Come and think about kind of what you want from the interaction when you go there. Yeah. And do the work. I always tell the student, this is going to work out best. If you tell me what's going on, I give you some resources. You go do a few of the things that we talk about right. and then come back. I think I lose some students when I say come back because they either don't do the work and they feel bad about it. They mm-hmm. don't want to tell me that they didn't do it. Whereas I'm all just be really understanding and I'll say it's okay, you know, but again, it's in your hands. Yeah. I don't have anything to lose. I'm just, you know, there as a support system. And I think sometimes students expect the counselor to just give them all the answers. Yeah. And some sometimes, I mean, if I'm thinking about how I was, when I was in college, it's like sometimes you don't even know that you're supposed to be asking these questions. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is like the biggest thing. And anytime things with school came up with Hannah, it was like, you you know, there are resources with the answers that mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't tap into, myself included when I was in college. I feel like now a bachelor's degree with like by itself, very few jobs you can get. You need at That's least That's not like, true. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe I it's because I'm looking into it. medicine. That's, That's why it's like I'm thinking like, from what I, like, my own background exactly. is, like, medicine. But I guess when you, like, look into other but fields, no, even it's totally as a whole, bachelor. Even as a whole, like, what you just said, that's, yeah. like, a classic response. It's, like, a knee-jerk response. Like, yeah. oh, well, you can't get any jobs with a bachelor's degree, which is not true. Yeah, I have a job. What you do need <laughs> is that bachelor's degree and some experience. Then you can get a job because you have to put yourself in the foot of the employer. I always tell students, imagine you had a company. Would you hire me if I hadn't done anything and just gone to school versus someone who had some volunteering, had some social skills, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, so it's, it's the same idea. Yeah. Um, school is important, I think, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I do think that the community colleges and the vocational schools are so great because we still need people who are in kind of these vocational roles like you know yeah for the the job market a mechanic or a welder or working construction management but we as a society don't value those jobs we want the professional careers Mm -hmm. are there ever moments and I don't are there moments kind of in your job where you want to tell a student why are you in school right now or why are you going for that degree I mean you said you you guys see along the whole spectrum is there ever like why did you go for your master's like you didn't need this or oh yeah I mean another big thing going on right now is the PhD students Mm -hmm. your doctorate students there aren't as many academic positions as there used to be this classic thing of you get your PhD and you go into academia is really changing because academics are very old school in that when you're in a PhD program they want you to go into teaching Mm -hmm. but nowadays there aren't as many positions there's a there's an increase in people going into what's called industry which means meaning getting a nine-to-five job not being a 
a faculty at a school because traditionally, when once you're in that path, you are on the road to researching, publishing, and teaching at a yeah. ideally a large university or small university. If you want to just be a teacher, you'll probably go to a, a college yeah. that doesn't have, you know. Um, so, for example, UCLA is an R1 university. It's a research one university. So that's their priority. Whereas if you go to, like, Chapman or another school, a private school, you could just be a teacher and not be doing any research. So hmm. we get a lot of PhDs who come in and that say, I, did, I got a PhD, but I want to drop out of it. Because they don't want to be in school for seven years gaining a lot of debt for a track that they don't want to be on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them will either finish and say, well, I don't want to tell my advisor that I don't want to be in academia because tr- it's very much still very traditional and the faculty usually wants them to go into academics. Mm. I feel like when I'm talking to Hannah or something, so much of because I'm 28 and I'm in a different mindset my entire thing is like oh my god that's a lot of money for a degree <laughs> like holy shit you know it because, is yeah so what do you kind of think about that the impact of that pressure a and like how do you decide it's worth it what is the impact is that it's very real but I think for a lot of students they don't really realize the impact of having loans until they start getting those statements once they graduate because that's when they actually have to start paying them back and looking at interest rates and calculating all that. I think to determine if it's worth it, I think what you can do is try to get close as you can to experiencing something related to that career. But at the end of the day, it's always somewhat of a a risk. So what you can do is... For example, intern, volunteer, shadow people. Right. Um, talk to people who are currently in those careers. Go to events on your campus. Um, look it up online. Watch videos. Um, and try to be in, in environments where you have access to some of those people. And it's way cheaper than Exactly. And that's and how you can kind of get close to knowing, okay, is this worth an investment or not? Yeah. And then after that, take advantage of scholarships there's a ton of scholarships out there financial aid um fellowships that you can do um, did you see that scholly app on shark tank no it's like you just put in your criteria and then it'll just generate all the scholarships that you qualify for oh and it's like a really cool that's a great idea <clears throat> yeah it's super awesome i mean i think you got a deal um but it's funny like i don't i didn't even realize it but I, now that I remember, dodged, like, a huge student loan, like, situation because I wanted to be a vet, like, my whole life. And I worked at an animal hospital for five years. And I think it took, and luckily I started early enough. I was, like, 16. And then after, it was probably, like, in my third or fourth year that I was, like, no, (laughs) I don't want to do this. Because Um, of the money? I didn't want to be having to work, all, like going to school all this time and then having to work all the time. And then I, there was a female doctor who worked at the hospital and she was amazing, but I felt like she always had to be at work. The time off was restricted because that it's such a heavy career. Yeah, lifestyle and that is one of me, the yeah. reasons why a lot of students yeah. will tell me why they don't want to go into medical school because it's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's a big yeah. investment. And it I really, yeah. I really don't mm-hmm. don't think I, I knew I wasn't disciplined enough for medical. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I knew that. And then I figured 
And on top of that, after that, like, this is generally what my life would be like, which it's not bad, but I had to address it mm-hmm. head on. And it was like, no, yeah. I think. And I think for a lot of students, it's realizing that just because you make a decision, you don't have to make a decision for the rest of your life. True. You know, if you think you want to do it, try it out, like I said, and then then do your research, talk to people, and try to gather as much information as you can because that's the only way you can make an informed decision. I think a lot of students think that they have to figure it out on their own. Yeah. And that's really isolating, and then you don't really have as much perspective. So I would encourage students to do a lot of that. So are, are there? do you have any final thoughts for our listeners who are coming out of college, Garnet, some quick, like, tidbits besides going to your career center and taking advantage of the resources? I would say be proactive. Do as much as you can do with what you're working with. If you have to work, then work, but do your best at it and see that as a value um, and know that everything that you're doing is one step towards your next thing um, and to trust the process because you can't, get to where you want to be without working towards it. 